imagine a race of beings possessed of one mind, driven by one will, intent on one purpose, to seize our past and control our future. So the course for Earth, maximum warp. Now, one captain against orders. Red alert! All hands to battle stations! Must succeed where all others have failed. Surrender yourself or we will destroy your ship. The line must be drawn here. On November 22nd, resistance is futile. Star Trek. First contact. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we boldly go where this podcast has not gone before. <laughs> uh, today we're... Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> thought of that off the top of my head. Uh, honestly, I didn't have that written down. Uh, today we're going to take a look at a film that Devin has never seen, but Ryan and I both have. And in honor of this week's release of the CBS All Access series Picard, we are talking about Star Trek First Contact, the first... Uh, next generation centric Star Trek film starring Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, and everyone else from Next Generation. Centric? Yes. I'm not counting generations because that one featured a lot of Kirk. Like that was them passing the baton. This is the first movie that is just next gen. Okay. That's all I meant by that. Okay. <laughs> Ryan was like ready. He was like, I was, Hold about, on. To, I was about to jump on that. Hang on, generations. <laughs> well, they see they build generations as what is it? Star Trek Seven. It's exactly what you said, though. Yeah, it, they're passing the, the baton between the original, like uh, the original Star Trek uh, cast to the new ones for their movies. Okay, that's exactly what it was. So, so just so everyone is aware of what's going on in. Ryan and I's lives right now. <laughs> so for the past few months, him and I have both been watching Star Trek. He's been a little bit more into it than I have, <laughs> but I just finished rewatching or watching through the, for the first time, Star Trek, the next generation. And now I'm finally watching the movies after having seen the series. I've watched these movies almost every three years, like from the motion picture to nemesis like i just go i don't know why but i go through binges where i watch them all and then skip insurrection until this time uh <laughs> good so <laughs> i've seen this movie several times this is one of my favorite star trek movies it's definitely my favorite of the picard bunch and it it may be my favorite of the main timeline star trek movies okay Wow. So, Ryan, how about you? What is your history with Star Trek? My history with Star Trek started with First Contact. Like, I remember um, watching a few shows. uh, I mean, watching a few episodes of Next Gen when I was a kid. But it wasn't until First Contact came out that I was like, oh, this okay, so this is Star Trek. And then it was the conversation with my dad. Well, this isn't actually Star Trek. This is Star Trek, but this is like you know, like the like reincarnation of it yeah. and everything. So for a long time, first contact was like Star Trek to me. Like I didn't really watch any, any of the other movies. I didn't really watch any of the shows. Um, 
and then I saw Insurrection, and then I eventually saw Genesis, or Generations. Generations. Of the Generations. Long, yeah. I just had a brain fart. I can't believe I did that. I feel like anyway. that was the working title at one point, though. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then it wasn't until, and then I saw like more of the episodes of the original next gen show on reruns. And it wasn't until recently that I heard about the, you know, when the news broke about Picard that I was like, okay, I need to go and actually watch, you know, all of next gen. And it opened a door that I had no idea existed for yeah. myself. And, and and we don't need to dive into that because yeah, I think no. by the end of this episode, everyone's going to be tired of hearing you talk about Star Trek. <laughs> so we'll, 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 let's put a pin in it for now. Yeah. Uh, I will say real quick that I do remember watching Next Gen when I was a kid. Yeah. To the point where I asked my mom about it recently. I was like, did you watch Star Trek when, when it was on? She's like, yeah, I watched it here and there, but I like the original series more. I was like, yeah, th- th- that's something that I've heard from a lot of people, uh, especially like older Trekkies, is that mm-hmm. like you've it's one of those shows that you can't really go back now, like our age and watch and be like, oh, this was good. Like it's one of those things you definitely had to like grow up with just yeah. because and, of how dated it is now. And we'll get into that later on. Yeah. Devin, the main reason we are doing this movie is because you have said you have never seen Star Trek First Contact. What yeah. is your what is your history with Star Trek? So Star Trek was this thing that my dad really really liked and for me it was like it I don't know it was this line. You know what I mean like I can only go this far in my like nerddom and it was this line I would never cross. Like I never let myself really 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 like Star Trek. <laughs> Even though like my whole life it's just been around. My dad loved it. He owned all of like every like toy of the Enterprise that ever exists. All of the he has all the books or had all the books. I mean, then my mom got remarried, and the guy that she remarried is probably even bigger Trekkie than than he was. And I mean, like it's been around my life for a long time, but I never like let myself be really into it because I was just like, no, 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 I'm I'm not that nerdy. <laughs> but like. I have I have no idea why. Like I don't know why that was my like line in the sand because that's it makes no sense. I do remember going to see the J.J. Abrams Star Trek in Carlisle with my brother. I dragged my brother to see it. He wanted to go yeah. see Wolverine, but I saw it the night before the drive-ins. Before the movie, I went to McDonald's and ran into you and your dad, who had, you had just seen Star Trek. Yep. And uh, like that's just a vivid memory I have from like. <laughs> that like that movie experience just <laughs> running into you guys at mcdonald's good i'm glad we were part of so. that devin actually it, it, what you're saying does actually kind of make sense because oh, yeah? you've always been like a sci-fi person like you've liked that type you know you've liked that genre speaking mm-hmm. as somebody who was kind of the same way it was one of those things where it's like well star wars you can be obsessed with star wars and it's okay like you can still be you know cool and you know, you can be obsessed mm-hmm. with Star Wars. You can be obsessed with all this other stuff. But Star Trek was different. It was like the people who were obsessed with Star Trek, there's like a certain persona and it's something that some people don't want to fall into. And it means get, something. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that you didn't want to cross that line because there is a line between like, oh, I'm a sci-fi fan, but I'm not a Trekkie. It's like, oh, no, I love sci-fi and I love Star Trek. Like there's no real like in between there. 
So that's interesting because I mean you're definitely right, and I think that like I am most of that persona anyway, like <laughs> without my love of Trek. So like I feel like I was just like, no, I'm gonna hold off here. <laughs> so before watching this, how many Star Trek films had you seen? I have seen all of the new ones, so everything with Chris Pine in it. Okay. Um, which either counts or doesn't. Um, I, I had I, seen Nemesis. Okay. And I had seen some episodes where Q shows up in um, in first or next gen. Okay. But like, not even all of them, just some of them, because I thought he was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I. I'm kind of hoping they bring Q in for at least one episode of Picard. And I really like only because I feel like they don't have the rating systems on CBS all access. Yeah. So I want Q to show up and Picard just be like, Oh fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. And the thing is they could do it for me personally. They could only have it happen like once. I would be perfectly fine if Q just showed up and he was like, Oh, I never thought I'd see you in space again. And then Picard to say something and then, and then Q would say something back and then just disappear. I'd be fine with that. Just the little like witsy back and forth between the two. Yeah. Cause that's because that's yeah. what I love. We'll talk more about Picard or Picard, the show yeah, later yeah, yeah. on. Um, so Devin, this being your first time watching Star Trek first contact, what did you think? Did you enjoy it? How confused were you? What were your overall thoughts? So I, as a film, I enjoyed it. Um, the first contact part of it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, um, which was cool. Um, and some of it did really confuse me because (laughs) there were certain things I thought I knew about the Star Trek universe that in this one, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Is that how that goes? Like, okay. Jordy's supposed to have glasses. Jordy didn't have glasses. Did Jordy's eyes just get better? Like this felt like something that happened after all of the series happened because sometimes they would reference things or they'd be like, yeah, that thing that happened six years ago. I'm like, I don't know that thing that happened six years ago. <laughs> um, and sometimes, sometimes, and we'll talk about this cause we have to, because I won't let this podcast end without talking about it. Something happened eight and three fourths years ago that we need to talk about soon. Okay, let's talk about that now. What 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 are you what are you hinting at? Hold on, Dan has a penis and can have sex. And eight and a half or eight and three fourths years ago, he had sex with somebody. <laughs> I can answer hold on. That, that trip. I paused the movie. That tripped me up that much. I didn't know he had a penis. I didn't want to know he had a penis, but now I do. And he knows many sexual moves that he uses. Ryan, you go ahead and take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm over Is here. this something like, I shouldn't be touching? Like, is okay, this okay. data's penis taboo? So I'm, I'm really going to try to keep this short for everybody's sake. There was a character on the show for like the first couple seasons. There was an episode where everybody on the ship got drunk. Not actually drunk, but they all acted like they were drunk. And... She hit on and got Data to have sex with her. Data's creator, his father that he says is his father, um, his creator, made Data to be as human as possible so Data as a machine could grow and learn and develop just like a human male. And so he wanted his son, Data, to have a full human male life, and that includes a sex life. 
So he programmed data physically and software wise to be able to do all of this stuff. And the person that he had like sexual relations with means a lot to him. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Okay. He's created to be human. Got it. Because like it mentioned it like it was one specific time and like a nudge, nudge, like, eh, eh, remember her? Eh. And I was like, I don't remember her and I need to address her because I didn't know this was even a thing. She was a really important person to the show at the beginning and she was a really important person at the end. Got it. Well, then I like that. I like that they reference the person that I don't know. I think that's a cool nod. Yeah, it, it was. So touching on something that you hinted at with your overall thoughts of the film. This does take place after the events of the series. Okay. So the series ended in May 1994. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Star Trek Generations is the film that's before this came out in November of 1994. Hmm. So the series, they had like a six month break and then the movie came out. So mm-hmm. every all the all the Picard movies take place post series, which is something I didn't really realize until I did the watch through. Yeah. Cause I thought there was one that took place during. So, yeah. So, I mean like the, uh, uh, star Trek, like anything else, when you do a deep dive, you can find out like what years, quote unquote years, all of this stuff happened in, in like the star Trek universe. So the year that first contact happens is, uh, 2373 is 2373. That's the year that this movie happens in the Star Trek universe. In the next gen series ended in 2370. So the events of first contact takes place three years after the end of the series. So, and they, they kind of destroy the enterprise at the end of generation. So that's why they have a new ship and like talking yeah. about how this ship is new. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, cause it's not as like beige as I remember the ship being. Well, not yeah. just beige, like the Enterprise went from having a gooseneck to having no neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So in this film, Captain Picard and crew are brought back to Earth to help defend Earth from the Borg, a uh, alien species that is... Cyborgs? They're, yeah, they're like cybernetics. Yeah. And they assimilate living beings into their collective hive bind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then time travel antics ensue and they travel back to the year 2063. Um, And that is the year that we make first contact with aliens because we we developed the warp drive so that's the premise of this movie uh devin did you have any familiarity with the borg at all i i knew like what they were like i knew that like they were a hive mind i didn't know they had a queen by the way i just knew that they were like this collective unconscious did anyone else until this movie yeah oh cool okay yeah um I I had the feeling, so based on what I saw, Picard in the series was taken by the Borg and was turned into Lithuania? Lacutus. Lacutus? So a little bit of TV history here. Um, at the end of season three. It's the, yeah. It's, see, the, season, the, yeah. the season three finale is called 
the the season three finale is called the best of both worlds yes. and it's a two-parter so, so yeah yeah so th- this is one of the this has been voted as one of the biggest cliffhangers of all time so picard wow. is taken in by the borg and says on the screen to the enterprise with Riker in command i'm lakutis a borg uh prepare to be assimilated resistance is futile and Riker says ready ready uh he pretty much says fire on that ship, like kill Picard wow. and then the credits roll. And that's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Ooh. So it's like one of the biggest cliffhangers in television history is just like the, the fire. And then they just like, it's like who shot Jr. of the, of the star Trek universe. So that was a, a big story arc. And then there's like a whole episode where they have Picard recover from that on earth yeah. with his family and which that's a great episode. That is a good episode. And I feel is like it? That, it sounds like him laying in bed all day. No, it's no. him. It's him <laughs> on his family's vineyard in Paris, like just. And he's spending time with his brother and his wife, and him and his brother do not get along. So he's like every bit as classy, like off work as I think he is. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh good. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Lakotus is Lakotus is a big part of Star Trek. Yeah, and, and they they really lean into it for more into this in this movie than they do anywhere else outside yeah. of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also bring up throughout the th- throughout different shows in like the '90s Star Trek like run, um, and even at different points in the show itself, they show that Picard can't really shake that. Like how they talk oh. about at the start of the film that how Starfleet Command doesn't want a captain of a ship who used to be assimilated to be involved in a battle with them. Um, mm-hmm. There's other moments where that happened. Uh, the, the the episodes in question take place in 2367. So it's mm. like five, six years before the events of the movie. Um and there's times where he'll run into characters and they're like, I don't trust you. Like you killed my friends because they, because everybody saw him on the screen saying, I am Laclutus of, uh, of Borg prepare to be assimilated. And it affects other shows because there's characters that like lost their family because of him. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's all infected around the whole 90 star Wars universe. Trek. That's track. really neat. I said Star That's, Wars, didn't I? You did. I'm gonna. I'm keeping I track like of how both. many times to say it. That's fine. Um, I like both, so it happens. And playing into the whole connecting the shows to the movie, like yeah. Commander Worf is not on the Enterprise at the beginning of this film. He's yes. on Deep Space Nine. Yes. There's a there's a cut scene where um, Captain Cisco sends him off to this battle. There is. There is. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. They scene. filmed it. I don't know if it's on the DVDs or not. But, I need to check because I got the Blu-ray and there's a ton of special features on that thing yeah. that I haven't dove into yet. Same here. I'm going to find it. Uh, um, captain Cisco is my captain. But, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much the Borg. Like, the Borg Queen wasn't really a thing until this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But they kept it, though. Yeah. So They show up again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they show up mm. in Voyager. Mm-hmm. Nice. Huge, huge plot point in, in Voyager. Yeah, I've seen those episodes. We're not talking about Voyager, though. We're talking about first no, content. I, I know. That, I'm not. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, Ryan, I'm just trying to keep you focused. I'm okay? sticking to my notes that I wrote. I know, but your notes 
are like a crazy person's manifesto. <laughs> They're simple, <laughs> and I'm using them as draw points, just like I did. I went over the I years. Know. I didn't go I over like the title and the year released and characters. I, I kid because <laughs> I love. Uh, My defense of Ryan's notes is they didn't start like mine with Data's penis, so <laughs> Ryan's notes are fine. Let's, let's talk about Data a little bit. So um, th- they do a thing in Generations where they introduce him to his uh, emotions chip, and they play around with mm-hmm. that here a bit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think they gave Data the best lines in these movies. Like he, they just, They just ham him up so much, and it's... He's such a great source of humor. But it's perfect because, I mean, no matter how much he tries to be human and no matter how much he absorbs, he's still a child at heart and mentally. So, I mean, he runs into situations that he doesn't understand. So he asks questions and that leads to, you know, a funny question that like a seven-year-old would ask, except Data's... uh, you know, six foot two male. I yeah, <laughs> I think it, it, yeah, comparing him to a seven year old is great because when he you have that moment where he's like, I think I speak for everyone on the bridge, sir, when I say to hell with our orders. Like yeah. it is like hearing a seven year old swear. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because everybody smiles at him, like com- like Troy, like she was sitting there and she just put like a half grin on her face because she's like, ah, data curse. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Devin, what do you think of Data besides the whole penis thing? No, I actually really liked him in this. I liked the so I I know Data a little bit, but I only know him as like just the robot. Like I don't know his history, I don't know his background. I, I knew he had a motion chip because he kept talking about his motion chip. But I liked his part. I think his plot point or plot was the second most interesting in this movie. Okay. Like well, in in like his like struggle to like. You know, what does it mean to really become human? Is this really what he wants? Like, when literally given skin, is this the kind of... And I think the Borg Queen was a good foil for him. And I thought that was interesting to explore his character that way. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, too, because that's an aspect of him that they don't really explore on the show. And yeah. like as much as he tries to process everything like a human and behave like a human, physically, he's not a human. But when he gets the chance to be that he doesn't take to it that well. So. Well, and I do like that you saw him be tempted. Like yeah. when you first got that like little patch of skin and she like blew on it, he like, you could tell he was like, Oh, that's what I've been missing this whole time. This is the piece. And then to just get rid of that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so if that was the second most interesting plot in this movie, what was the first? Oh, it was, it was Picard's revenge plot. Okay. <laughs> where, where I love that, like, so I, I, my dad would tell me about their society. He'd be like, they just have replicators. And if you want a thing, you just go to the replicator and get it. You don't have to pay money for it. And they don't have money. And they're this advanced civilization. And, like, I had always heard them be, like, kind of this, like, paragon of what, like, human society should be. Uh, and that's kind of how it's always been pitched to me. And I didn't, I've never seen it in a different light. So if they talk about it in the show differently, they, I've never seen that. But I really loved the part where he, like, the one, I, I forget her name, the one lady that was hanging out with him the whole time. Alfred Ward. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that her name? Yes, that, that's the actress's name. She was also in uh, Heart and Souls, which we watched last week. <gasps> oh, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. That's why she looked familiar. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
But no, the point where she was like, you like revenge. Like, you wanted revenge. When you killed that Borg, like, you were really, really excited about it, and you were almost happy. And he's like, we've, we've evolved beyond revenge in the future. That's my Picard impression. <laughs> uh, and she's like, no, you haven't. You loved it. And I liked watching him have to overcome that. Yeah. Like, overcome the lie that he's told himself that this isn't a thing, come to terms with it, and then, like, be better. I thought that was awesome. And then you also have that comparison to, to Moby Dick, which I think yeah. is like great. Captain pre- Ahab has to go kill his whale. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure he played Captain Ahab at, on like a TNT movie. I wouldn't like, be surprised. Like after this, like would Pat- I would watch anything with Patrick Stewart in it, except for the emoji movie. Well, that, <laughs> Oh, mm, that mm. scene, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Fritz. Fricks. Fricks. Um, he said that that was his favorite two days of directing um, ever was sitting behind the camera for the two days it took to film that scene. He said just to have just to have Patrick Stewart and her going at it and going through that scene in different ways. He said it was like watching two of the best actors that he knew doing their craft to the best of their ability. He absolutely loved that filming that scene. Yeah. What what I like about the uh time travel aspect of this movie compared to the voyage home, which I love the voyage home. That's the star Trek with uh, Kirk and Spock and the whales. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that and one, that one is fun. Yeah. Um, but that one that uses time travel as a gimmick, like it's just, Oh, what if we took these characters from the future and put them in present day? Cause that yeah. came out like, like that was when the movie came out. Like it wasn't, into the in the near future that was oh yeah this is today like you walk out of the theater you're going to see the same world that these characters are visiting yeah um what i like about it in this one is they're traveling to the near future but not to the point where this utopia society of the federation and starfleet has been established so mm-hmm. it's still a world in chaos like it's post world war 3 and uh <laughs> <laughs> so you have Alfred Woodard's character not understanding the world that Picard comes from yeah. and Picard, like, like we said, determined that revenge is we've moved beyond revenge, but still is struggling with that. Like, cause he's human. Like it's his human side struggling with that. Cause he was overtaken by these Borgs yeah. earlier on in the series. So I just really like that. They use time travel to have that, that comparison to, to bring him back to earth. Cause everyone else like stands up to him to a point yeah. like Worf stands up to him. Dr. Crusher tries to, but then she folds. Um, it's because of the command structure. I mean, yeah. Starfleet is a paramilitary styled organization. So orders are orders. You follow orders. And that's one of the things that I liked about that scene personally is that she was the only person on board that ship who was capable of basically telling him you're being an idiot because nobody else could because of the command structure that they've been living in their entire life, pretty much. And that's what I liked about that scene. Like The, the main problem I have with that scene is I get the structure thing. I really do. Mm-hmm. But Beverly should not have folded as easily as she did. Worf standing up to him made sense. And I love that interaction. I wish we had a little bit more of something like that from Dr. Crusher. I, because the way her and him interact throughout the show is. 
a lot more personal than it is with anyone else. <laughs> and I don't think she would just stand by and let him blow up the ship like that. I, I have a feeling that if it wasn't for uh, the civilian being on board, I feel like uh, Dr. Crusher would have went into the room to talk to him. But because she was there and the way they had it lined up, besides her character was very odd in this entire movie. They, now that I've seen all the shows and I've seen all the movies and everything. They don't give her anything to do in any of them. Because I just watched they, they Insurre don't. Insurrection and they do the same thing in that one. It, she had more to do in that than she did a, in this. A little bit of background for you, Devin, because you're... Yeah, so I don't not, really know who this is. Dr. Crusher is the medical officer on the Enterprise, but... She's mm -hmm. kind of this love interest for Picard. Like they, they have this will they won't they thing going on, like Ross and Rachel, but in the future, uh, <laughs> they they both mutually respect each other, and they both know that there are feelings there, but they they never act on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And they they they're, they're very good friends. They'll have dinner together. They have this really strong friendship. And I don't think that she would just stand by and let him blow up the ship. They just write her into this corner where she just kind of is Fair. a member of Starfleet Starfleet and like they give the the female new female character the the stuff the 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 meaty role the meaty dialogue like mm -hmm. when it works it, it's fine but I wish they would have given her more to do in these movies they give D uh, Deanna Troy more to do in these movies than they do her mm -hmm. but even then she doesn't have much to do yeah well, I mean, I, it's because yeah, they're dealing I didn't even know with, who that character was. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's the uh, the counselor who. Yeah, like I can't even say. Like, did you know she was an empath? Like the other woman on the on the on the Enterprise is an empath. No, doesn't play into this at all. But she is. Um, she's the ship's counselor. That's why she's there. Yeah. Okay. Realistically, the, the like, most. That's, why she's there but the she's most also yeah. the most to give her to do is drinking with uh james cromwell so <laughs> this okay. is no time to be arguing about time <laughs> yeah okay so before we get into this too much more Devin, do you know who directed this no no i actually don't jonathan frakes do you know who that is, who is that? he is no. commander Riker. really he directed he it? directed yep. this so, this was his oh, yay. First, this was his first major uh, uh, picture. This was his first movie. This is his first did. movie that he did. Uh, he's he directed a, a few episodes of the of Next Gen. Oh, yeah. A lot. He's directed pretty much an episode of every TV show you've ever seen. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to go through his IMDb real quick. So oh, um, he's directed episodes of NCIS Los Angeles, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Castle, Leverage. He did a bunch of The Good Guys, V, Dollhouse. He directed the film Clock Stoppers. Oh. Um, he did some Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> a a bunch him? of the Star Treks uh, TV shows, not just the movies. Um, he directed some of the Orville. And he directed three episodes of Picard back to back. Like there's a chunk of three oh, episodes man. of Picard that he directed. I am super pumped for those. Uh, but more oh, recent man. shows. Um, Burn Notice. He directed a few of. Yeah, he he's really well known as a as a director. 
Um, Seems like it. But yeah, so he he direct. They had him come in to direct this because he knew Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And then he directed the one after this as well. Yeah. And I wish he would have directed Nemesis. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Was Nemesis really that bad, like, in comparison? I I haven't rewatched it yet. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Because I saw when it first came out, it was my first Star Trek movie, yeah. and, like, it was fun. Yeah, no, I I tried to rewatch it this morning, because I knew that, because was I, I knew that Nemesis was the one movie that you had seen from, like, the yeah. next-gen movies. I was like, okay, I just, I want to get some perspective of what, you know, of, of what Devin has seen. And yeah. the first scene ticked me off. Why? Okay. Was it the dresses? No, um, and I'm not going to get into it in the podcast. You do your thing and I'll we'll talk because that's more of a, that's more of like a fam, like, like a fandom issue. But anyway, okay. um, Nemesis is just, it's not, it doesn't fit it. it the way it feels, the way it's mm-hmm. set up, like it's, it doesn't fit as like a Star Trek, like next gen feel of to like a film. Do you think that's because it's the first post Phantom Menace Star Trek movie? No. Oh. I you mean, think it had any influence on it, though? I mean that the Phantom Menace changed the way that they were to film it? Is that what you mean? Just... So it's 2002. Yeah. It's post-X-Men. It's post-Phantom Menace. Like, it's a, it's a weird time for film. So you're talking about... The weird way it's filmed is because they wanted to film it like those movies. Yeah, because it like the early two thousands is like at the turn of the century, which is a weird thing to say. It feels like they're trying to go a little bit more action because I remember there's like a chase scene with four wheelers in that one, right? Something yeah, like that. There are. Like oh, I yeah. feel like they're just trying to go a little bit more actiony with it, and I don't think it it works with the established enterprise that we have from Next Gen. It's it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't just that. It's just, it, it, y- when you see it, you yeah. understand. It's been a like, while. It, it doesn't like the action stuff that I saw before I turned it off. Like it was fine. It was just the way it, it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I might, can I speak to that for a second? Sure. Yeah, sure. Cause what I thought this movie was going to be the whole time. Isn't what it ended up being. And I think it ended up being something more quintessentially Star Trek than I understand. Okay. So yeah. And in, in, let me explain that because that didn't make a lot of sense. I, I we met guy who's going to you know eventually make first contact. Like he's going to be the one that starts the warp engines and goes. Because I'm kind of a sci-fi nerd, I went, oh, I understand this character's story. He's going to be the one that starts his warp engines, but he's going to die. And they're going to let it slip to him that this happens. And there's going to be this big heroic moment at the end where he chooses humanity over, you know, in science over like his own personal life. And it's going to be this big character moment. And what I ended up getting was literally just this really joyous, really good time. Like it was <laughs> they're They're almost like what, like the only wrinkle was like, I'm not the guy you think I am. I'm just me. And like, that was really the only wrinkle. And it was otherwise just a really like, touch, not t- touching, really touching moment. Like, yeah, yeah. And that seems more quintessentially Star like, Trek than than what I think I thought. The first contact is first contact and insurrection. 
I love. In fact, I like Insurrection more than First Contact now, now that I've seen the shows and everything, wow. and I know the lore. Um, but they're basically just giant episodes. Like, it's mm -hmm. basically just the next-gen episode with more money, and it's longer. And that's why I like it. And that's why I don't like Nemesis, because Nemesis isn't made like an episode. That's fair. It's made like a movie. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, th honestly, I also think that that's where the new movies, the J.J. The Abrams, Kelvin timeline, mm -hmm. like they don't feel like Star Trek episodes, like beyond maybe, but yeah. the other two just feel like Star Wars movies. And you know what? But they're their own thing because yeah. it is a different like timeline. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm fine with it. I, I, I enjoy the first two. I've tried. I have, I have seriously tried watching beyond a handful of times because I have the Blu-ray and I can never get through it. And I never have the want to go back to it and finish I, it out. I really enjoyed Beyond. It's fun. It feels more like an episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I just enjoyed it so much because I was drinking when I watched it, but I got really <laughs> into it. Um, Good. But yeah, I think we can just all agree that it's they're all better than Star Trek The Final Frontier. Like, <laughs> what does God need with a starship? <laughs> What? That's a thing. Like, yeah. what like what? so in Star Trek, the final frontier Spock's half brother, like takes the crew of the enterprise out to find God and the out edges, outer edges of space. And then God wants their starship and captain Kirk, just full on Shatner's. What does God need with the starship? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sold. It's, Honestly yeah. sold. I'll Best. go watch it. Best line in sci-fi history. <laughs> I mean, poof. I, um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's where, like, I mean, because I was trying to think about this movie, like, how, what my thoughts were, because I knew I liked it. But the part of it that, like, always felt so weird to me was, like, the plots were, like, Picard struggles with these human emotions and, like, you know, and, and you know, what does it really mean to, to want revenge and... Data is, you know, finally given the thing that he really wants and does he like, and, you know, he actually, you know, is this what he wants? And Jordy and Riker have a really good time with the guy that invented hyperspace travel. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like the best part of this movie or a part that should have been here. But I think taking it as a whole, I think it makes more sense and makes it more of its own thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. What I really, what kind of annoys me about the whole Riker and Geordi thing is they're telling him everything about his future. And I feel like Starfleet Academy should be teaching you a, a, a whole course on if you time travel, don't do that. Well, the thing is, and, and, and they do because that's part of the temporal prime directive is that you're supposed to stay out of it completely. In fact, in Voyage Home, they bring that up because they need like glass to be able to transport the whales in mm -hmm. that can hold that much like uh, water pressure. And they go to this glass maker and they're trying to see if they have a certain type of like glass to use and they don't. So the one, I forget who it is. One of, one of the crew members gives the formula to the glass maker of like, this is what I need. And when the glass maker leaves the room, I think bones or Shatner or Kirk goes, you it's can't Shatner. do that. Shatter goes. You can't do that. You don't know who. Uh, 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 you don't know who invented that. You just changed the timeline. I think it was Scotty. Scotty looks up and goes, 
do you know who invented it? Because I don't. So why does it matter? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. there's uh, the, the temporal prime directive does cover that. But after what happened, they had to tell him all of this stuff to make sure that he did. I mean, for crying out loud, Riker pretty much like knocks the guy out and forces him to go up in the spaceship at the end because he tries to run away, which is great yeah. because he gets freaked out after Jordy tells him about the statue. <laughs> yeah. Of him. <laughs> yeah. James Cromwell. See, I did like that, this. though. James Cromwell, like this was right after he was nominated for L.A. Confidential. Yeah. So hmm. I learned that from the commentary that I listened to yeah. this afternoon. Uh, and he loves okay. Star Trek. Yeah. He's, he w- he's been in multiple episodes mm-hmm. of of uh is of the shows ever since like hmm. uh 1989 he's been part of star trek real quick i really like that we're talking about star trek and you're just wearing star wars socks yeah i know i am <laughs> did, did you bring my <laughs> socks you're wearing the pin no i was halfway here and i hit it's myself okay. in the face it's okay yeah um so did you know who they almost got to play the james cromwell part no no tom hanks Oh no! What? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a he's a big Star Trek fan. I think he would have been good in this. Do you want to know why he didn't do it? Why that thing you do? Oh no! Why? What? Oh no! Do you not like that thing you do? No, I'm just saying. Like he could have been Wait, in it. Whoa, 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 whoa! You don't know what that thing you do is? I don't. I don't. You guys don't know that thing you do? Okay, no, no, no. Is, no. is, is, is this a movie title or yes, reference to inside? It's a, a movie. movie. Tom Hanks directed a movie called That Thing You Do. It's oh. about a boy band in the 60s, like the Beatles that have one hit. Yeah, no. What? Oh, my God. We are doing. No. <laughs> no, no. No. Trust me. I'm, it's good. No. I'm, look, Liv Tyler and Charlize Theron are in this. Put that on. I can't believe you guys. That is such an obscure poll. It is not an obscure pill. I grew up with that movie. Oh my god! We are. Oh my god! We're not doing that next week because that's not worth it. But we're gonna do it. Like that's coming up. So I'm so um, excited for this movie. Have you guys ever heard of uh, Phantom of the Paradise? No. Yeah. Why not? I grew up on that. (laughs) Ryan's getting bitter now. (laughs) And I'm just gonna mute his microphone. Because I have the power. It doesn't it doesn't do anything if you don't talk. <laughs> you have it right on my screen. I, just, I, I can know. see that it wasn't going to pick up anything. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what else do we want to talk about with this? But Devin, did you have any other questions about like stuff that you like comments that were made that you weren't sure of or relationships that they alluded to that they didn't really answer. I mean, there was a couple of things and and basically every time those would pop up, I just went, yeah, it's probably something from the show and just like, didn't fixate too much except for the the data thing. Mm -hmm. And, and also like, I know I probably know what happened, but like Jordy, you see through Jordy's eyes at one point, and mm-hmm. he still has like the red thing that yeah. I think I'd expect the glasses to be. Did he just like get those as like in as like in the movie before this one in Generations? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Generations. Uh, he was kidnapped, and there was something put in his goggles that 
yeah. the like villains were able to see inside the ship. Um, that was the last time they showed him with the visor, and then this was the first movie where he had like the bionic eyeballs, and then he okay. has these throughout the rest of the movies. So like in Nemesis, he has them. I just don't remember. So I just I, I think classic Jordy is the visor. For so me. what what happened was. Um, LeVar Burton had been petitioning for years to get rid of the visor and they finally let him do it with this movie because <laughs> they, he, he wanted to be able to use his eyes to emote and they do a really yeah. cool thing with her in uh, insurrection. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. They kind of don't explain it at all in this one. They just kind of like, they do a quick zoom in and you can see like the mechanics of the contacts working. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why, because at this point when this movie was made, they would have had the effects team to be able to do that. And I think that might be why they didn't do it for the show. Because yeah. it, it was cheaper just to put the visors. Yeah. On. So I learned, uh, I learned a bit um, about this movie today. Cause I listened to the first 15 minutes of Jonathan Frakes uh, audio commentary for this. Um, okay. So I learned a bit about the, uh, the visor and the, yeah. the contacts. I also learned that he was still adjusting to having a bigger budget. So like when they attack the village, he's like, Oh, can we blow up that garden over there? And his uh, special effects supervisor is like, you've got money now. We can blow up the whole damn town. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and I, I also that. learned that Alfrey Woodard is his godmother. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Uh, the woman who was with Picard the whole time. Oh, I guess uh, he had he went to Penn State, which is awesome. And so he was with a friend in L.A. He he attended Penn State for a bit. He didn't graduate. No, no, no. He's from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I am from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He graduated from Liberty High School. My wife graduated from Liberty High School. His mom still lives out there. So don't take the Penn State away. I'm trying. I'm just happy about the Penn State thing. You don't have to make it about you, Ryan. Yeah, no, I'm just telling you that he's a Pennsylvania guy. I know. Um, I, I, I'm just giving you shit. He's a Pennsylvania guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a PA guy. Um, but now he lives in LA with Devin. Uh, <laughs> Got him. Coming full circle, guys. <laughs> anyway, he, so he's at a cookout with uh, one of his friends from Penn State, and um, he, uh, Alfie Woodard, is there. And they just got start talking. And she asks, "Do you have a godmother?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "I'll be." She's like, "I'll be your godmother." <laughs> oh, so and that's how he got her in so this cute. movie. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh, I was watching the making of on the Blu-ray th- th- that I have, and she mentioned that she said that it was really cool to be directed by somebody that she was like a drinking buddy with for like the longest time. So Aww. yeah, th- that was. Uh, there was that, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where just one of the things that Patrick Stewart was saying in it was that to be able to have somebody who is part of the crew, somebody who has directed episodes before to be able to like direct the movie um, made it easier for everybody to kind of be in like their like to be in their zone to be able to do everything the way that they were, you know, meant to do it. And because of that too, they were able to film it like they were filming one of their TV shows. So I think mm-hmm. the actress who plays Deanna Troy mentioned that they probably would have been able to get back to their hotels like 
two hours earlier every day if it wasn't for all the joking that they would be doing on set because they were so oh. loose that yeah. they were having fun with it. I like that a lot. Yeah, you could tell that they're just like he, especially Riker, is just having a ball the whole time. Oh, yeah. Every time he's on screen, he's just having a blast. Yeah. So. Now, do you know, uh, Devin, do you know about uh, Riker and Deanna or no? They were a thing, right? They are a thing, yeah. Oh, they are? They you actively see, they go like back Nemesis. and forth. Oh, okay. You, you've seen Nemesis. Were they the one that had Will Wheaton? No. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> That's Dr. Crusher. Is the, oh, That's okay. The, yeah, the ship's doctor. The love, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the love interest. All I know is that every once in a while, my dad would just out of nowhere just go, just go Wesley, the boy. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know why he would do that. But that's, that's from like happened. the first couple seasons. Of God, I can pi- I can picture your dad doing that, <laughs> right? <laughs> like literally, apropos of nothing, we'd just be having dinner. Wesley, the boy. <laughs> All right, yeah, dad. Him. <laughs> uh, that is such an awesome thing. That's so good, right? Uh, <laughs> so I did have a question for you guys. Then sure. This is generally viewed, at least from outside looking in is one of the better Star Trek movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't be remiss to say it was like, it's on, it's on some people's like top three list. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's why it's, it is one of the only Star Trek next gen movies or the only one where you don't really need to have seen the show. You just okay. need to know some basic stuff and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it stands like, Devin, you you can uh, answer this question for me. Not seeing the, not having seen the show, how does this stand up for you? Like, did you enjoy it? Did how confused were you? Did, does it stand alone enough to be enjoyable? Oh, I mean, it totally did. I mean, like, it's one of those things where I understood there was some history with the characters that that I didn't know about that they alluded to, and as long as I was just like, yeah, it's okay. I don't need to know exactly what that specific is. The movie stood on its own very well. I mean, if I think if anybody wanted to know if they would like watching Next Gen, I would make them watch this this movie. Like, I don't know if I could point to an episode and be like, oh, no, it's episode, you know, this of season four. But I would just be like, did you like this? That's probably what the rest of it's like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would I would completely agree. If you start oh, well. watching in season three. If you start... <laughs> I... Uh, and I think another reason for for it being one of the the tops is the music. Yeah, like the Jerry oh, Goldsmith score yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, the opening is just terrific. And it's not often that one of us that's not me says something about the music in the group chat, but Devin said something like, right away. <laughs> I, oh man, I seriously, I I didn't know that this. Like, I I feel like I had to have heard this at some point in my childhood, but I'd forgotten about it. But then, like whenever I heard it, I was like wow, this is beautiful. Like, it reminds me a lot of like, I don't know how much you were around Alan, but in high school, like a bunch of us got obsessed with like the Band of Brothers intro and like all of these like old timey war movie, like long trumpety themes. And like this like called back to that in like all the right ways. Like this was such a good score. And like that theme kept popping up over and over in the movie. And I was so happy every time I could like hear it in the background. Yeah, it's one of those scenes that I've had on my phone for a while. I remember, I told you I had a story about that for mm-hmm. today. I remember, I think it was marching band. 
I forget which year, but I think I want to say it was Mr. T, but I could be wrong. It could have been Mr. B. One of them told me that they performed this in marching band. Whoa. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Why can't we do that? And they're like, because money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, definitely that. So because that would have been like right around the time the movie came out and was like still kind of popular. I remember I just remember that like they talked about the first contact score being part of a show that they did. So that's no, I'm so jealous. It's a, I mean, we did a good score. At least we did Pirates of the Caribbean at one time. (laughs) I I wasn't in band that year. You missed pirates. That was my eighth grade year. You were, you were a freshman. Mm. Oh, well, we did Star Wars. The pinnacle of big spring band. Mm. (laughs) That's debatable. (laughs) (laughs) We, We got to do the dark night my senior year. So, Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. And then, then I flubbed the trumpet solo. <laughs> oh, Still no. haunts me, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. He says wearing his Batman shirt. Yeah. I didn't think it would come up. Uh. <laughs> it happens. Okay. So anything else on First Contact before we change gears a little bit? I, mean, I, no, just, I really liked it. I was just here to answer Devin's questions. Okay. I mean, I... When it comes to me and this movie, right after Insurrection, this is my favorite. So Yeah, I own four Star Trek movies, and I like three of them. This is my favorite. Actually, no, I think I own my top three favorite Star Trek movies. This, The Voyage Home, and the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Any guesses what the fourth one is? Is it Nemesis? No. Is it the one you mentioned before? Which one? The white is the God one with God. No, <laughs> it's, God a it's the uh, it's the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch into darkness. Oh. The, the one where they're like, oh, yeah, he's not playing Khan. It's not Khan. It's not Khan. Oh, hey, guys, guess what? It's Khan. Like, <laughs> well, I like that. Without one. all of that around it. Did you like the movie? Like, I haven't did, like, seen I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. See, I, I bought I, it. I think it needs another rewatch for you. I think it does. Um, yeah. Because, and I'm about to, this transitions perfectly into Picard, the events of Star Trek, where Spock travels back into time through the wormhole and creates the, Star, the JJ universe, that all happens in Picard. Yeah. Romulus dis- Romulus disappears. Like the whole the whole crux of um Eric Bana being pissed at Spock in JJ Abrams Star Trek still happens. In the hmm. future, Romulus is destroyed. Picard is there for it. And that's going to play a big part in Picard. It's also a big it's thing really cool. for Star Trek online. Like that's one of the main like like storylines that you can play through. So I like that they can make that. Wow. They, they keep that as Canon. Yeah. And it kind of brings the two universes together, but that's still off and it's yeah. own, being its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's one thing I'm really excited to see play out in this is that aspect of it. I'm also yeah. excited to see what they do with the Borg. Hugh. Hugh's coming back. Hugh's coming back. Um, oh my God. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm Devin so doesn't happy. know who Hugh is, but no, he doesn't. No. <laughs> No, I thought you said Q, and I got really excited. I, 
Now, Devin, how inclined are you to go back and watch Next Gen now? I don't know. I really don't know. I think I would watch the movies. I don't know if I would watch the show. Um, because, and this is without me having any real frame of reference for this, I feel like I would really, really latch on to some episodes and some plot points. And then I think, in my mind, about 80% of it is going to be pure camp, and the other 30 I'm going to love. And I don't know if I want to get through the camp, but I also feel like Ryan has to feel the same way about Doctor Who. So I have no right to be saying these things. Okay, so when it comes to what you're saying, there's about, for me, there's like if I were to ever go and rewatch Next Gen, which I'm going mm-hmm. to at some point, there's probably maybe 10 or 15 episodes that I would skip. Out of That's the not seven, many. Out of the, what, seven, eight seasons that they had? Seven seasons. Seven seasons, and there's like 25, 26 episodes a season. Season. Wow. There's probably like 10 or 15 I would skip, because everything else has to do with the characters and their development and situations that they deal with, because there's like three or four storylines going on in each episode. A, a good so play. It's pretty deep. Are you interested in watching Picard at all? Very much so. Actually, okay. yeah. like really a lot. There have been a. I've read a few lists of episodes you should watch before Picard. Yes. And all okay. of those have been really good episodes. Yeah. Nerdist had a good list. Um. I'll have, to, I'll have to find one and send it to you. Yeah, I've only seen um, the headlines yeah. for them, so I haven't actually read them. But a lot of them so. deal with Picard. Some of them deal with the Borg and Hugh. Mm-hmm. There was a few episodes of Voyager that they recommend because yeah. of Seven of Nine. Yep. Um, oh, right. Yeah, and then I, uh, a lot of them are ne- recommending Nemesis just because of the whole data thing. Yeah. And the way his character ends in Nemesis. I've so I just remember the song. Okay. That's all I remember from that one. He sang that song about bluebirds. That was it. <laughs> I should rewatch that. Uh, I see. I just watched Insurrection before this, and my wife said this is she liked Insurrection more than First Contact because there's more singing and dancing. <laughs> I so, and there is. <laughs> I I personally like Insurrection more than First Contact simply because I've. Th- as soon as I was done watching all of the shows, mm-hmm. especially next gen, I was like, you know, I'm going to watch the movies now and everything connected a lot more than what I did the first time I saw it. And insurrection is my favorite star Trek movie after watching the show. So you don't think that if I were to watch it right now, I would get as much out of it. No. Would I like it or would it just be like too much like lore and just, I don't know. It's not, it's not even lore. It's, there's a lot of character stuff yeah, with uh, relationships and they, they do a thing with everyone's character traits that kind of get amplified and it's more enjoyable if you know the characters a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Because they're in a situation that's kind of odd. So if you don't know what, like who, like if you don't really know the characters, then their reactions to stuff and like how they go about the storyline. It just, it's not going to do anything. I will, I will say this is the first time I've watched it having seen the series and actually enjoyed it. Like I've watched it in my watch through of all of the films before and didn't really get much out of it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it having seen the show. 
Yeah. I think if you watch the watch generations and then first contact and then insurrection, I think you get a little bit more out of it, but I think mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. at least a baseline of the show helps. Got it. I mean, the, I mean, one thing that I would do is that if you're like, if you start like when Alan sends the list and you watch a few of the episodes and you're like, you know, I actually really, really, really enjoy this. I would recommend going back and starting on season three and going forward because the first two seasons were kind of trying to find their footing. That's kind and of, there are correct. some good episodes. There that, are some good episodes. Yeah, that is kind of stuff. what I did for my rewatch. Like I kind yeah. of started in season three Yeah, and just went from there. It yeah. took me five years to get through it all because I was, I kept forgetting about it, <laughs> but like the last six months have just been Star Trek. Yeah, no, I think I got through, like, I was watching three or four episodes a day at one point of Next Gen, and I got through oh, it wow. real quick. But, it, but it's because I was, like, I was sucked into it. Like, it... Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to the time in the near future where I don't have a show with the word star in it to watch. I'm not. Between start, <laughs> between start, I just, I just need a break between getting caught up for Picard, and then Clone Wars is coming back. Like I've just been binge watching Clone Wars and Next Gen, and I know I have Voyager to watch, and I should watch Deep Space Nine at some point. But I need a break before Discovery comes back. Deep Space Nine is my favorite. Um, but it's your favorite. Deep Space Nine is my favorite Star Trek thing. Period. Yeah, see, I've I've always been told like, no, you don't got to worry about it. that one. Voyager, I've been told like, you don't got to worry about. Oh like, yeah, whoever told you, know, you that needs to remove the stick out of their butt. All right, my cousin. Having, having only seen three episodes of Voyager, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. looking forward to watching it with Seven of Nine. Are you guys starting strictly from the like f- first episode, right? Of Voyager? Yeah. No, I, I, I've only seen the Seven of Nine stuff. We're watching it from there. Okay. Well, that's fine. Because honestly, you're missing the Curzon or Kryzon, and you're better off. Yeah, that's that is one thing that I'll say you do not need to deal with. That's just stupid. That was Devin, like, we need I'm a sorry. generic villain until. Oh, no, no. You know, I'm, so I'm taking mental notes. We just I need fully expect villain. one day for me to be like, guys, I'm all my Trekkie now. Like, and I show up like in my like my red and I have a little the little the little. Uh, I'm wearing my thing. combat. Yeah. Like, sh- show the show the camera. So, so show him so he knows. It's so nice. And I didn't. Okay, hold on. I did have a question. This we this whole conversation brought it back up. So, isn't the whole deal with people that wear red is that they're the ones that die? Okay. That, and why is Picard wearing red? No, 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 no. Okay, so here's here's the thing. This is part of you not knowing the show and everything. So, yeah. Uh, just, okay. Right. So, the whole red shirt <laughs> death thing in yeah. the original series, the colors were yellow. Uh, yellow was for command. Okay. Mm-hmm. Blue was science. And then, like, bluish was, like, medical. Like, there was a little bit of a different blue tint, and that was medical. Um, And then red was just, like, maintenance and engine room and all of the, like, you know, like, service stuff, that type of thing. Yeah. And those were the people that would go down that weren't main characters, and they would be killed because they weren't, you know, they they weren't a science officer, they weren't a medic person, and they weren't in command. So they're dead. Yeah. In Next Generation... Starfleet had changed the uniforms being like the solid colored sweaters to being like the multi-tone like thing. Red Mm -hmm. 
became command. Blue still stayed in science, and yellow became like mechanical and maintenance. Interesting. Um, and they stopped doing the whole like if you're wearing red, you're dead thing. So like command officers die, science officers die in the episode. So it's not as like they they do play with it a little bit in this movie though because the uh, the ensign who dies that Picard like puts out to pasture Hawk yeah well not even Hawk but there's one before that that's wearing red and then when they're out in the on the starship walking. Like they're all wearing red, so you don't know which one it's going to be. But he's like Hawk is wearing red. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they play with that a little speaking bit. Speaking of, yes. Speaking of, have you guys ever seen the book Red Shirts by John Scalzi? No. Oh, uh, we mm, we have to do a group read. It's so the whole point of it is that it's told from like the point of view of an average red shirt on like. You know, on, not this one, but like on the old style uh, Star Trek series, and it's so satirical and so good. But uh, I think you'd all enjoy. It. Okay. Like this whole conversation reminded me of it. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, and I love it. Yeah, I got this from New York Comic Con. <laughs> the giant foam I, okay, finger. But that was the uh... scene that I enjoyed a lot, where the Vulcan went like this. He did the live long and prosper thing. Yeah. And then the one guy like couldn't do it, and he's like, "Now nah, I'm shaking your hand." Like, I thought that was a cool scene. According to Star Trek canon, that is Spock's grandfather. Yes. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Spock's family has a lot to do with the uh, communication and diplomatic relations between Earth and Vulcan. So, oh. like, and they bring up like Vulcan's dad plays a plays a big part and part of the storyline in one of the later seasons in next gen. So like Picard hangs out with Spock's dad. Oh, I like that. And, no, and, no, 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 His no. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Sarlacc what is, comes what in. Is, yeah. Next generation then. What was that? What is Spock doing during next generation? Oh, then? he shows up too. Yeah. What? Yeah. He has a lot to do with Romulus. Oh, yeah, ambassador Spock well, shows up. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Bone shows up. Yep. Scotty shows up. <laughs> I I love the Scotty episode. <laughs> Who else shows up? Is there another one? I, I don't remember. I feel like there's another one, but I'm forgetting. Yeah. Does Kirk not show up? He shows up in Generations. Oh, okay. And when you watch Generations, you'll understand. When you watch Generations. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who yeah. am I? Are you the captain of the Enterprise? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, hold on. Generations takes place after next generation what yes yeah generations is the we're gonna pass the baton for the film franchise to the new crew yeah okay so, so the so the the uh the star trek year that generations happens in is 2371 so that's two years before first contact and that's one year after the series ends Got it. Okay. So the movies aren't necessarily in order. Or no, are they? no, 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 no. No, they, they are. are. Okay. The next gen series ends in mm-hmm. 2370. Generations mm-hmm. happens in 3271. First contact takes place in 3273. And then two years later, Got Insurrection okay. happens in 2375. And then Nemesis happens in 2379. Got it. Okay. 
So they happen a few years apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, no. that's cool. I don't care. Like <laughs> I like it. I had I no, had I like, so I like much that Ryan fun knows looking that. this stuff up. Yeah, like, okay. I had so much fun making these notes. I can talk to you about before Battle of Yavin and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff too. So <laughs> don't know what any of that is. <coughs> Star Wars. <laughs> oh, um, got it. So, how excited are we for Picard? Super. <laughs> I'm like an eight out of ten. Like I really want to find a way to watch this show. Uh, CBS All Access just got to pay. I mean, is it is it free or do I got to pay for that? It's free for the first week. Okay. And then it, it's it's pretty cheap. It's like five dollars a month. It's not that expensive. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, that might be worth it. Yeah. It, I mean, CBS. Okay, let's talk about CBS All Access. Not sponsoring the show, but let's talk about it for a second. So <laughs> Netflix just got rid of Frasier, but you know who has Frasier? CBS yes. All Access. Do they? Yeah. They oh. have all of the Star Trek shows, a few of the movies. I think First Contact is on there. Yeah. Um, let me see what else they've got because I think I have it on my phone. And Are they the ones that have that new Twilight Zone series? Yes. And Dang I have it. mixed gonna, feelings on that show. I'm going to watch it. I mm, I like Jordan Peele a lot, and some of the actors and some of the episodes seem really cool. Yeah, I, I watched the first two episodes. I, so I saw the Kumail and the Adam Scott episode. Oh, yay. Was was the Adam Scott episode just the there's something on It's a different twist on it. But I, I enjoyed on the it. Wing. Maybe. It has to do with podcasts. So... <laughs> Oh, uh, it's going to hit real close to home. No, I, I, CBS All Access is like pre- for all of the uh, standalone apps that we've gotten. It's it's pretty solid. And even yeah. Star Trek Discovery is pretty good if you're not that into Star Trek. Like I feel like since you're a bigger Star Wars fan, Devin, I feel like you would really enjoy Discovery because it's more. Okay. It leans more into this sci-fi, fantastical sci-fi than it does like the science sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like, as an example, in Next Gen, you would have Data or Jordy would go through like a paragraph of like Technobabble to like explain time travel. In Star yeah. Trek Discovery, it's time crystals. Time crystals. <laughs> okay. Time crystals, <laughs> like Nail it. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's different, but it's fun. I mean, it, it's but see, it's not just that. Because CBS and Viacom uh, partnered back up again, um, they're actually expanding out the Star Trek universe and they're going to start yeah. doing what DC and Marvel's doing. So they're going to have a lot more shows. They're already writing and they've got the rights to about four or five different uh, titles right now. Um, and they're going to start really connecting things like they're going to take this Star Trek thing and just go with it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this is it's it's going to be big. I'm not sure if a lot of people like a lot of the older fans I I already know aren't really hot on it, but a lot of like the newer fan Why? base is. Why are they not hot on it? Like what because it they're matter? old and crusty. Ah, uh, that makes sense. And they're trapped in their yeah, ways. I, <laughs> I wonder is there? You had talked about not liking the Star Wars fan base very much. Yeah. Does the Star Trek fan base do the same kind of gatekeeping? Like you're not a real fan if you don't like they, Space Nine. They. Do a little bit, but they're not as mm-hmm. bad. Okay. 
like there are some people that will get upset if you call them a Trekkie. Like, no, we're Trekkers. Like, that's what? a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Trekkie is um, the, we don't want to be called that term. It's Trekkers. <laughs> like, a lot of them, they, I'm okay with Trekkie. I'm okay with Trekker. It doesn't matter. Isn't there a honestly most Trekkies? of the, and on, and honestly most of the fan base feels that way. It's just it, it's just like always the the loudest wheel gets the grease or the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and it's that type sure. of thing. Like there's a podcast that I listen to that's like three older guys who are who are you know Star Trek fans, and they're mm-hmm. and, and the three of them aren't too hot on Discovery, and they can be very critical sometimes. But being in their like group that they have. I've brought up, be like, hey, like, I like Discovery. And they're like, hey, cool. That's great. You like Star Trek. Like, that's their feel. Like, they're not fans of it, but they're fans of other people being fans of it. I will say, oh, that's cool. I will say, um, Captain Pike on Discovery is second favorite captain. I haven't seen much, but yeah. out of the what I've seen, I definitely enjoyed Pike on that show. Yeah. Second favorite captain. Yes. Who's number one? That leads me to my last question before we wrap this thing up. <laughs> oh. The, the question that has divided the Star Trek community for years. Kirk or Picard? I'm going to just go out there and say Picard. Any reason? Uh, without spoiling the finale uh, mm-hmm. too much, he... I feel like he cares. He shows his care for his crew throughout the show in little ways where I don't think you see that with Kirk so much. Like it it, with Kirk, it's established that him and bones are friends and him and Spock are friends here and there. But like there's one episode where Picard changes the course of the whole enterprise just so Worf and his son can go to a Klingon uh, festival just so his son can ge- be engulfed in the Klingon culture a little bit. And there's a moment where he's like, it's not that far out of the way. We'll just, we'll drop you guys off and we'll be on our way. And, and oh. Worf, the Klingon is just like, thank you, sir. Like it, it's like <laughs> a real, it's like a really tender moment. And then the, the finale of next gen, there's a moment where Picard is with everyone. And he's like, I should have, been here playing poker with you guys this whole time and it made me want to cry like it like he just oh. you can tell that a big thing with Picard is he doesn't have a family like his family back home he's distant from he doesn't get to see that often the family he's chosen is the crew of the Enterprise it's Riker it's Troy it's it's Data it's it's everyone there like that's his family and I I feel that connection with him and his crew. And he knows when to break the rules. And he, Patrick Stewart is also a much better actor than William Shatner. <laughs> wow. So, one of them Shakespearean and one of them's William yeah, Shatner. Yeah. So, <laughs> pretty um, much. Yeah. But even though William Shatner did do Shakespeare, and that's what? kind of why he had his vocal patterns the way he did. Yeah. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. And like Picard is my first captain. Like I like that plays into it too. Um, mm-hmm. But not to say that I don't like Kirk. I like Kirk fine, but Picard, 
all the way. Mm-hmm. Devin, how about you? I mean, it's Picard. I honestly don't <laughs> think I've I've seen I've seen Kirk be a, a captain one time in the movie with Khan, and not the remake. That's the only time I've seen him be captain, and he was just fine. He wasn't amazing, just fine. He's much better I in think. that than he is the motion picture. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh no. <laughs> Honestly, I think Picard just shows more personality aside from like, eh, he'd be a cool guy to go drinking with, eh? And like, I don't know, that's that's kind of the vibe I get from Kirk. So Picard just seems like, he, I, I would respect him more, I think, as a captain, if I was on the ship. I feel like Ryan's going to mess up the question to say Cisco. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, 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 okay, so, okay, so for the question that you asked directly, yes, it's Picard. Between yeah. those two, Yay. it's Picard. But Cisco, for me, it, it Deep Space Nine deals with like Devon. Deep Space Nine deals with Starfleet on a on a starship that's not theirs, and mm-hmm. they're helping a planet rebuild after they've been occupied. So, mm-hmm. and this planet has a has a religion, and that plays a huge part in the storyline of the show. Um, Interesting. So, but besides that, Cisco goes as, goes as a commander, and he becomes a captain halfway through the show. And just like Picard, he cares. He breaks rules when he needs to to take care of his people. But him and his relationship with his son reminds me like my relationship I had with my dad, almost to a yeah. T. And there's an episode that I've talked about before called The Visitor where Cisco disappears in an accident and his son thinks he's never going to see him again. And he lives his life the way that he wants to, but he still like lives his life to the way that his dad would want him to. And at one point when his son's like in his late thirties, Cisco just pops out of thin air in his living room and they have like a breakdown in tear moment. And it Mm -hmm. just, because I had already identified Cisco and his son as my dad and I, I ugly yeah. cried throughout the entire thing because oh, it would just wow. hit me so hard. And it was at that moment I was like, Cisco's my captain. Just because I connect with yeah. him in so many different levels. Yeah. I mean, and good reason. Just, and just Deep Space Nine in general. Like, just the overall storyline and what he does. The Dominion War, which both of you will find out eventually. Like... To me, that's even better than anything with the Borg. But, okay. oh my god, it's so good. Oh, wow. Poor Scott Bakula never gets brought up when these conversations come out. What? Poor Scott Bakula never gets brought up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, Devin, Deep Space Nine is a show that you don't need to watch next gen. Really? To enjoy, because it 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 is its own thing. And anything that you need to know, they explain. Like, if there's a character that means something to Next Gen, they explain mm-hmm. who they are. Oh, that's cool. So, like, you're not just, like, left in the wind. And Q makes an appearance. Oh. And like Cis- Maybe I'll and watch S- it. And Cisco handles Q the way I would have. And he never comes back. <laughs> he never comes back. <laughs> Good. Okay. I think that does it for Star, yeah. Star Trek First Contact. Uh, yeah. Tune in next week where we have... Actually, no. Tune in later this week where we finish up our review of Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
We have part two of that coming out soon. I think it'll be dropping Friday. Um, and then next week we have some exciting stuff happening. So stay tuned for that. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher radio, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. We're there. So <laughs> if you're, if you find you're listening to this on a very inconvenient app, there are other ways to listen to us. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So that's all we've got for Star Trek first contact. Um, uh, maybe we'll do a review review of Picard when the season ends. If we all oh, watch it, cool. like, why not? Please. <laughs> kind of like we wanted to do about the Mandalorian, but never did. So. <laughs> oh, whoops. Um, anyway, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Engage. <laughs>